and welcome to the On The Whistle podcast. My South African brothers and sisters, you will not be happy because today we are talking about your neighbors and rivals, Namibia. Yes, the brave warriors are indeed going to need to be brave at this AFCON, being paired up with their Southern African rivals. And Jovita Kanjumba joins the podcast to tell us just what a miracle run this this was for the Namibians to qualify for the AFCON and why there is there is quite a lot of optimism going into this this tournament, particularly in that game against Bafana Bafana. Enjoy. Javito, we were just saying before the podcast started, it's, you know, I think it's a, a first to have a Namibian on. We, we obviously, we cover a lot of PSL football. We have a former PSL winner in, in Courtney Fries, who's what part of the podcast. So we get plenty of South Africans, but we don't get enough of their neighbors. So we're, we're really happy to have a Namibian on instead of a South African. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to be the first Namibian. So that's clearly me paving the way for the rest of the Namibians to be on the podcast. And I'm vouching already for a few. One in the few in the PSL as well, so that you can be able to chat to them as well. But it's it's lovely to be on the platform. Yeah, no, it's great. It's great to have you. And I must say, you're a double-edged kind of enemy of the podcast because we have two South Africans and we also have a Cameroonian. Um, and we'll obviously get into why Cameroonians aren't a big fan of Namibians because you guys showed them up in in the qualifiers. But we'll get onto that um, as we talk <laughs> as we preview the Afcon. Um, but we're we're talking about Javita that you know this is a brilliant achievement for the Brave Warriors to get you know, to their to their fourth ever AFCON in, in their history, their first since 2019, you know, it's a brilliant achievement. But, you know, it's especially brilliant because they've had to do it without actually playing any of their qualifiers or any of their matches in Namibia. What What is going on? Oh, uh, let me tell you, against odds, we could have said, you know what, the boys tried, they didn't qualify. We might as well let it slide because of the circumstances and the kind of environment we are in right now. Um, we are just coming off a normalization committee, which just left office and they handed over the power to the new executive council of the Namibia Football Association. And, you know, amidst all of that, we don't have, um, you know, um, FIFA CAF approved facilities in the country. So that became a challenge to, you know, play at home. And, and we have not seen the Brave Warriors playing at home in the last three years. So you can imagine the kids are mit- missing out on seeing a Peter Shalulile, on seeing a Dion Hoto, on seeing a Ryan Nyambe ever, you know, live. These are the only opportunities that, you know, young players get to see their sort of like their role models that they get to watch on TV who play in the bigger leagues. And so we missed out on that opportunity and the situation at home, not conducive. But, I mean, we are brave warriors. That's what we, what we are. We're really brave. And the warrior in the boys came out. And I think the advantage that we had is the fact that Kenya was out of the group. So we sort of had an upper hand on that one. We just sort of had to whiz through Cameroon. And the biggest debate of our you know, of our qualifier was Cameroon. Um, everybody said, can Namibia do it? Are we able to do it? And shockingly, you know, shockingly, I would say even I was shocked at the performance of the boys, especially in um, in Cameroon when they played away from home and they got that victory. And they went up against big stars. Um, I mean, if you're speaking of the coach, even just the history of the whole side, the FA president, I mean, the whole, uh, you know, Cameroonian side has just such rich history that um, we just said, you know what, we want to go to the Continental Showcase and by fire, by force, we are going and we are up for our fourth appearance. 
Absolutely. And uh, I don't want to dig out my, uh, our, our, our good friend and, uh, you know, fellow co-host Ka- uh, Francis, who is, who's Cameroon t- Cameroonian too much, but I remember putting in the group chat, uh, after the draw g- that you guys got away from home in Cameroon said, Oh, things, things are looking a little, a little nervous. And he said, ah, it's okay. We'll, we'll get the job done in South Africa. And then he, then he texted halfway through the game. Uh Oh, because <laughs> Namibia went on to win. And of course, Cameroon then had to get that last kind of beat Burundi in that final match and you know it wasn't wasn't a comfortable kind of victory for Cameroon um and I, I again you talking about Kenya reminds me you you put yourself again in a difficult position because I I also grew up in Kenya and so I was very unhappy that Namibia are here at qualifying for the AFCON when in my opinion it should be Kenya who uh <laughs> through no fault of Namibia's it's Kenya very much knocked themselves out which is very standard for us um but I kind of I want to, I want to speak specifically about those two, those two results against Cameroon because you know Cameroon obviously they haven't been the best Cameroon side in in recent years but they have so much history so much pedigree obviously they you know get get to the semifinals of their own Afcon and then they go to the World Cup and they you know do do fairly well obviously they get that historic result against Brazil you know and for you guys to not only you know draw w- with them away but then get the win back you know in inverted commas home in in south africa you know what has that done for the kind of team's confidence for the nation's confidence um you know after after the win let me just start with the the celebration especially when we're able to you be beat them at away away from home um is the fact that the the, the fans said you know what Ah, Cameroon, no, please give us Brazil, give <laughs> us Argentina. <laughs> it was a whole excitement, I mean, in the streets. And we would have actually personally loved to witness it at home. I think as fans, as Namibians, we were robbed of that opportunity to be able to see the boys qualifying, uh, not qualifying, but winning at home. That, that would have honestly been such a memorable thing that we were able to beat um, the Ababa cars at home, that would have been such, such a great result, um, you know, for us to witness as well. But we're nonetheless still excited. We're so happy. But if you look at, I mean, we, you, you, you rightfully said the history of, of, of Cameroon. I was doing the 2020, um, 22 um, Qatar World Cup and I watched that last game against Brazil, the victory. I mean, even though they were knocked out, the victory meant so much for all for all of us Africans because, I mean, if an African nation goes to, Af- to the World Cup, we all support that African nation and we're rooting for them. And it was quite unfortunate. And we thought, man, this this African, um, this um, Cameroonian side is too strong, is, is too good. But the boys had heart. That's all I can say. They had heart. And they also, for most of the players, and also the reason why, um, they really went at the game the way they went at it is because most of these players is possibly going to be their last AFCON. If you're looking at the Lloyd Kadapwa was at 2019 and is going to be at the 2024, now 23 AFCON. But if you're looking at the the sort of the possibilities uh, for them going to another AFCON, if you're looking at the way that we take long to qualify, and I think with the situation at hand now, we're not quite sure what's going to happen after Ivory Coast 2024, uh, if we're looking at the situation on the ground. So for most of them also, uh, this one is an opportunity for them to make history. So for the first time, a Namibian player will go back to back Afcon. So that is sort of um, another, you know, a title that they want to carry with them. So they 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 really had a lot of other motivating aspect um, that you know this is this is so it's it's such a it's a different wave of of players. Now if you also look at this 
Brave Warriors side is the same Brave Warriors side that won the 2015 Kosafa Cup, a first for Namibia. This is um, uh, um, uh, a Brave Warriors side that is coming out from youth academies and they, they went through the structures. So they kind of know, not all of them, but some of them. So they, they are really trendsetters and they really have a different mindset and you can you can see what Peter Shalulili is doing um, for his club. It's something that if a Peter can't do it for his country, then we are like, what is happening? What is wrong? So we have such a, a great group of players and this is possibly for most of them their last AFCON. And sadly, if it's not their last AFCON, it's their last time playing for the Brave Warriors because I know you know the situation in Namibia as it's it's not conducive for the national team players. Um, they are they are forced to stay in different you know setting circumstances where they train what they eat it's it's a whole lot of thing and a lot of them are very unhappy at the moment I don't know um, if we might see us uh, you know a boycott we might we can I can expect anything at this moment I know we are happy to be going to Afcon but behind the scenes it's not looking great regardless of you know the happiness of qualifying for Afcon that's no excuse for kind of not having kind of good systems in place and, and infrastructure for the players. And I mean, you're, you're saying that even, you know, even at the AFCON, we're still not even sure how things are going to pan out because of the kind of finances around the team. Yeah, I mean, uh, if, we, if we're speaking now, we, we have like less than a month to go. I mean, AFCON kicks off on the 13th of January. We play our first game on the 16th of January. But at home, we still we still don't know what is the... Um, what is the uh, you know what are the players going to be receiving? What are the bonuses? Um, what is what is you know everything appearance fees everything you know sort of the whole package for the players we have we don't have any of that information um, at the moment. Um, you know there's sort of a disconnect between the government and the FA. The FA is saying they submitted a budget. The government is saying they have not received anything. We can't be having this kind of debate. We are going into Christmas and New Year, so it's going to be a restful place, and everybody's not going to be in office. So we, we should have, have sorted all these things out before we got to this stage because, I mean, the 19th, most people are going to be out of office by Friday. So it's sort of a big, a big issue. And if you know players, they are the key to any success of any team. We can't, we can't speak of a nation and we say, oh, brave warriors, and we're not speaking of the players. We don't care about who's the FA president. We don't care about who's sitting at the ministry. We only see a Peter. We only see a Dion. And if a Dion is bad and a Peter is bad on the day, we don't, we don't care whether they received money, they didn't receive money. Our, 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 the only thing that we sort of worried about at the particular moment is if they delivered we don't necessarily worry about that. So possibly only us in the media or people who are really very much patriotic and fanning uh, and, and huge fans um, sort of really care about the financial element. But we need, and everywhere in the world, players are the key. They have to be taken care of. You will never see uh, uh, a player being paid, uh, you know, just, just sort of just um, a call-up fee or just, you know, without going to the World Cup without bonuses. I'm sure the likes of Tunisia, the likes of Morocco, South Africa have already declared their bonuses, have already declared what are their appearance fees, um, where they are going to be training, who they are going to be playing. I was looking at Tunisia, they're going to be playing Mauritania and uh, another country just before they head off to to that is uh, AFCON. We don't even know where we're going to be playing or we're going to be preparing for AFCON. We just know, we have an idea that maybe um, the training camp will take place somewhere in West Africa because the AFCON is in West Africa. We don't even have a friendly lined up 
So there's a lot of things that need to be taken into consideration that have not yet been done for such a big tournament of this magnitude. Yeah, that is such a shame, shame to hear. But we'll park away kind of some of the, the kind of negativity and the frustration around the team and kind of talk about the positives. And the positives is kind of, you know, when we look at this squad, obviously the name that jumps out is Peter Shalilile, you know, just, you know, I think it was even just last weekend, you know, over uh, came, uh, rose to second in the PSL goal scoring charts. He's only behind Siabonga Nomvete, and he's probably going to overtake them uh, him as well in the next kind of year or two. He is kind of going to go down as one of the PSL's, you know, greatest ever strikers. Uh, you know, where does he sit? You know, obviously he scored those goals against Cameroon and he, he's been performing for the Brave Warriors. Where, where does he sit in terms of Namibian history as one of your, your best players? Well, I think Peter is our, um, I wouldn't, I would, I would be, I would be doing an injustice if I say he's um, possibly the greatest in our history, but there are so many who have come in different eras. So I would say of this generation, he's the absolute best. He's our best export to date. Um, he has done so much for the club and country. He's the current top goal scorer for the Brave Warriors as well. And I mean, if you look at Peter, his statistics are just beyond amazing. And I, I he, he was currently or recently just nominated for the Interclub Player of, of the Year, the CAF Awards. That is massive. Um, even though he didn't win it, I mean, he just to stand and be part of the last three players on the continent to be recognized, that is a huge milestone for him. But he is, the, I'm not surprised to see him be where he is. He is a dedicated player. He's passionate and above all, he's committed and he knows his reason why. You know, he has his why for foot, playing football. He He's leaving a legacy that I don't even think he saw himself leaving at the beginning of his career because... Uh, Funny enough, Peter was a left back. He, wasn't he was, wasn't he? He wasn't even a striker <laughs> when he moved to South Africa, right? <laughs> but he needed, he wanted to play for the Brave Warriors and there was already too many left backs and he was going to go up some against some of the base players. And Ricardo Manetti at the time needed a striker and he said, why not? Why can't I be that? And this is the kind of, you know, the kind of, of passion and drive we want to see in modern day players, players who still have passion, players who still have dedication and commitment to the game and to see all he has achieved. And he's the beacon of Namibia. I mean, he's celebrated in Namibia. We are always celebrating him for everything that he has achieved. And I can tell you right now, there's a lot of pressure mounting for him. He's the captain of the team. And Namibia is is really rooting for him. I remember in the uh, just recently the World Cup qualifiers, he could not go unfortunately due to an injury that he's just coming from, and and he had um, there was also you no know, concern for him to play um, the final of the um, uh, Africa African club. League. Yeah, yes, because yes, he missed all the, so, the kind of quarterfinals and semifinals. Yes. So for Namibians to see him playing for Sundowns. And missing playing for Namibia, a lot of people felt so betrayed. They thought, why is Peter not showing up for Namibia like he's showing up for sundowns? But it's also like a health issue. As much as we wanted to travel, you know, um, without rest across Africa to turn up, it was sort of like a, a disconnect as well for, for that to be able to happen. And so we, 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 there was a bit of conflicting, you know, situation there. But if, you, if you're looking at it, 
Um, there is going to be a lot of pressure for him. But he's a player who can take pressure on any day. And Namibia is really going to be relying on his leadership. Um, we need a, a sort of a, a strong player. He's good for the locker room because all the young players are going to be looking at him and be like, this is the guy who, you know, scores massive goals. They also want to turn up on the day. So that is really on the bright side. We have so many amazing players who play outside, um, who also play at home. We have so many great leaders on the team. I think that's what I love about, about this crop of Brave Warriors players. There are so many leaders. I know I've said so many negative things already about you know, the Brave Warriors, but the, the, the good part of it is this crop of players, it's such a wonder to watch them. And even they're just their leadership style. And Peter is you know, at the forefront of just being a great leader. And I can't wait to see what he's going to do for the you know for the for the brave warriors at afcon but regardless of his performance he's still going to be going down in in history as one of the greatest players to ever come out of namibia and will forever be in the history books of you know the psl of sundowns will be a legend literally everywhere yeah he, he absolutely will and i i, I kind of liken shalulia to to kind of like a harry kane where he, he you know he's one of those guys where he's just so focused on getting better on improving i mean we had yeah we had lawrence Kohler, the, the journalist come on to when we were talking about um i think it was ahead of the calf champions league last season and he was talking about how shalulia kind of he would annoy the kind of other sundowns players because he would finish training and then he would go get a personal coach and just work on his finishing and just work on and kind of whilst all the others go back and rest and chill out he's there training even harder and harder and you know he's just such a committed player and it's you know it's great to see that or great to hear that you know he's getting you know the plaudits that he deserves you know both from calf but also at home in, in namibia because he you know i think he's been probably the best striker in club football in africa you know over the last kind of four or five years he's been terrific but kind of looking at the rest of the team obviously it is you've got a very strong core of of psl based players um and then a kind of sprinkling of some others you know quite a few you know either playing at home or in botswana and then you've got a couple like ryan yambe who are playing abroad you know how much of a difference you know you're talking about how so much of this team has been playing together for so long but how much of a difference does it make to the team that actually so much of the team is actually playing in the same leagues or in the same kind of areas because oftentimes we have this challenge as african teams where if you have players they're all playing abroad they're all scattered all over the world whereas for namibia with the kind of the exception of just a couple most of them are actually kind of based in either namibia or south africa you know maybe botswana you know is that kind of part of the reason why this team is so kind of together and is such a strong unit um, I think one of the things that is disadvantaging our players from, you know, going as far as Europe is population and exposure. But most of them, I can tell you, are quality material to play in, you know, the English Premier League, uh, you know, the Spanish La Liga. I think they could, if they had that exposure, they had that great marketing and, and great publicity like the West has, we would possibly be also among players. Um, the nation saying that we have great export. But unfortunately, due to our small population and the opportunities also available to players, um, the best the best, and also uh, maybe the players also maybe don't aren't too ambitious, but I think um, PSL is where most of our great players have played um, from Namibia, from even, you know, previous generations. And I think um, the 
the kind of competitiveness in the PSL, and and I also love the fact that Botswana now is is also taking their their football very seriously, and they are very professional. They sort of set that tone of what they should come and replicate at the uh, national team. So a lot of them are very professional. They are coming from great settings. I mean, you're playing in the FNB Stadium. It's a, a eighty thousand capacity stadium. So when you come back home, you sort of know okay. I, I play in front of an 80,000 capacity stadium. So it, it's, it's nothing playing against in a, in a crowd of 10,000. It sort of prepares them um, for playing, um, for, you know, to play at the national level. Uh, as much as it's not, one would say, maybe not the best exposure, like we're possibly going to be going up against players who play in the French leagues, who play in the, you know, in the, in the, in the PSL and, 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 and there are a lot of great players. I mean, their development has gone beyond us. But I still believe that um, them being in, in these settings um, and also just playing at in Namibia. Football is actually really interesting to watch here. It's we have so many great players. Um, if the fa facilities can be on par, I promise you we'll be seeing a lot of more exports from Namibia into the PSL, into the Botswana League. We also have a few players who played in Zambia. So there's been sort of a rotation in SADC because that's where most of the opportunities lie. Um, you know, for our players. But with with also the exposure of playing in the CAF Champions League, um, they are able to to travel across Africa, play against the weighted Casablancas, you know, play against, um, you know, big clubs in Africa. So that also gives them an exposure of what to face when they play for the national team. Because playing in Africa, I don't think anybody says this enough, it's probably one of the toughest things there is in the world. Playing in Africa is not easy. And I think this is what maybe toughens them up. And it also keeps the unity amongst the players because they sort of get to see each other. I mean, uh, a Dion Hotta will see a Peter Shalulile possibly twice a season because they will have to face each other. And then if they're in the same you know, cities, they'll probably also get to connect and link up. So they, they are not, they are not you know, um, away from each other too much. And the local ones, they, they are quite grounded. They are very competitive. So and, and, and everybody wants to be selected in the national team. So, you know, the, sen more, the more senior players are always kept on their toes. Mm, it's, I mean, it's interesting you're saying about the, the need for that experience of playing, you know, calf football. And even we we're speaking to, to Radhi Jaidi earlier today, who obviously won, won the AFCON in 2004 with Tunisia as Tunisia's most capped player and kind of a true African football legend. And that's, you know, one of the things he was saying about a lot of the kind of new younger modern players coming from Europe he's saying look they're brilliant they're talented we want them as a part of this Tunisia team but they have to have experience of playing on the continent and someone like him you know spent a decade at Esperance one of the best you know club sides can you know, show that show that experience and I think you're I think you're spot on where that that experience is is so necessary but Javid's obviously one of one of your famous you know exports who made it beyond kind of the the shores of, of Namibia and South Africa was is your your current coach Colin Benjamin who obviously enjoyed you know well over a decade in in Germany I, I believe he's he's still Namibia's only player to have ever played in the UEFA Champions League um, and he's kind of a true legend of Namibian football you know tell me about him how is tell me about his story well I mean I was talking to him a bit earlier on and let me tell you one thing about Colin Benjamin it's his heart He's so humble, gracious, kind. He's not really the one for, he shies away even from his allocates. Like, you know, he, he's very, obviously he knows what he has done, but sometimes I think he's, he's just too humble for his own good and just too gracious. But his story is such a beautiful story. I mean, it's one of hope and one of dream. And I always say that 
in order for you to be to go down the history books you should have done something that is extraordinary what colin did was extraordinary so there was a player radundara uh, shikudu he played also in, in the buddhist liga but he went when he was quite young and so colin saw uh Shikudu coming back home to play for the Brave Warriors. He thought, wow, if this guy can play in Germany and make it, surely I can. And I mean, he super passed him. He really, uh, you know, had such a great uh, time. And there was, I think, a couple of months back, he was back in Germany and he was doing um, a, a game for his former club. And, and the fans absolutely cheered him on and that's how much of a le legacy is left at Hamburg because he he was he still celebrated in 2023 for somebody who retired in the early you know 2010s there he's still very much celebrated and he is the play and this is one of the reasons why even at the national team players can can respect him because and they listen to him because what are you going to tell a person who has played in the UEFA Champions League what are you going to tell a coach who has played at Afcon who has played at the biggest level had played at the biggest uh, stages the only thing he has not done is played at the World Cup but if we're looking at it Afcon is the pinnacle of playing you know at the big stage and representing your country so he has really done it all um he's now preparing his team he's quite excited i mean there's a lot going on but he's very much excited um he's going to be um you know um, a player coach who's going to the world cup and has played at the uh, not at the world cup i mean afcon and has played at afcon part of afcon um 20, 2008 squad and now going he was part of afcon 2019 with ricardo manetti who was also another um you know player coach he played at 98 afcon was at 2019 afcon so it's sort of a trend now we see getting all the play you know former players are getting into coaching are getting into those good roles where they can plow back and give back their expertise and colin is absolutely uh, you know a great player a great coach or was a great player now a great coach uh his insights are superb he goes back and back and wants to get it correct he's sort of a perfectionist and he doesn't settle for you know defeat without valid reason as to why they are losing so he's he's an amazing coach and i think he's going to do great with this uh brave warrior side and you see how you've qualified amidst the circumstances and how he's just been able to pull something out of the boys when they could not have given anything and i think he's what the brave warriors need at this point and i love the fact that you know it's not only in namibia but we're seeing it all af across africa is becoming a trend and you're speaking about the coach of tunisia is becoming a trend where former players born africans are coaching their national teams because even when you stand on the sidelines and the players look at you they they know they have to play because you played and you did something so they have to do something because history sort of needs to get better than it was yeah i i think that's a great kind of set. we we talked a lot about that on this podcast about how important it is that african coaches are taking charge of their own nations in a way that we've never really seen before to the same scale and it, and it's great to see that kind of colin benjamin is 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 kind of pushing that forward and also i love that you're talking about you know his humility coming through as well we can't we can't wait to see him kind of you know <laughs> see what he can do at at the afcon obviously he did a terrific job in getting you guys there but you've been rewarded with a really really tough tough group you know obviously we we mentioned Tunisia earlier you're in the same group as Tunisia and if we mention Tunisia they're always in the same group as Mali so Tunisia Mali and then surprise surprise the one team you've been with twice out of your last three times at the Afcon your 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 neighbor South Africa you know 
what is the sense? What what are is, is there excitement to play South Africa, or is there more kind of frustration? We're sick of playing South Africa. We don't want to play these guys. We we live next to them. You know, you know when we qualified, it was all happy and we were all excited and then the the day of the draw arrived and i think we were all so tense we all eagerly watched the draw and were like oh please god not south africa we all said not south africa <laughs> we have such a history with them um i mean apart from being our neighbors we faced them so much 2019 we faced them in in, in egypt and 2023, we go back, we are facing them again. I mean, just like us, they also, you know, missed Cameroon uh, 2021. And now they are back and they are putting a group with us. And we also have Mali and we have Tunisia. We thought, or we are thinking, what miracles do we need these boys to do to get past the group stage? And and if, if you're looking at the statistics of Namibia, is we are yet to win a game at the Africa Cup of Nations. We are yet to get out of the group stage and Colin was very realistic. Colin made all of us buy into his dream and to his plan. Um, a win for the Brave Warriors in the group stage. Uh, there's a place for the third best. We're hoping that our stats can be that so that we can get out of the group. Uh, but realistically speaking, anything is possible. You know, we've seen how African football has become unpredictable. Namibia just beat Cameroon. Who says we can't beat Tunisia? Who says we can't beat Mali if we can beat Cameroon? So anything can happen on the day. I think it's just, you know, the mindset, the preparation. And I think our boys, mentally, they are ready. I mean, they just need to put in those touches. Um, but it's, it's definitely going to be a tough one if we're seeing the group that we, we are in. It's, it's, not, it's not a walk in the park and, you know, having to face our neighbors again. I think that is just another... Um, you know, another like, why? We're always seeing them. And we had a um, the President's Cup a month ago and we had the South African legends facing the Namibian legends. Mm -hmm. And it was all good reminiscing about the past, good um, good stories about the rivalry. And we are like, we're going to see this again in January. We're going to be seeing this again. But it's all good. We love our neighbors. They love us. We have a great relationship. But I mean, on the day, Everybody would want to win, and I'm certainly rooting for the Brave Warriors to get the result because we really want to get out of the group stage on our fourth attempt. And if not, the get out of the group stage, a win. And we are hoping that we can get that win against our neighbors, South Africa. <laughs> um, realistically, that's our good chance. But I mean, Mali, strong, but we can also take them on. And Tunisia, the Eagles, I just have to wait for the Warriors. <laughs> Even look at the last AFCON, you know, who was in Mali and Tunisia's group is Gambia making their first appearance at the AFCON, the lowest ranked team in, in AFCON history. And lo and behold, they, you know, they go top, uh, joint top that group, seven, seven points, I think. So I think there, there's precedent. Um, but obviously, the big one is always going to be South Africa. And I'll be honest, Javita, I know my, my fellow podcasters won't, won't appreciate me saying this, but I would love, I would love for the Brave Warriors to beat Bafana Bafana. I would love it. It would make me so happy. Thank you so much for rooting <laughs> for us because I mean the rivalry is there and um, it, it's just it's just been a you know there it, it will never stop and, and and I know even the players they know it's it's a Southern African derby it's a South Africa versus Namibia derby it's a big derby everybody's gonna be glued to that one and if you're looking at our stats they are not too bad off. You know, we have wins, we have all won against each other, we've all drawn against each other, we've we also received defeat. But it's, it's, it's been a bit steady over the past few, day, a few years uh, where the margins aren't too big. So it becomes a realistic 
um, chance to win. So I, I, I'm, I'm excited for that game more than anything. And I wish it was our first game. I, really I know. That, I, th- I think that's I the really only thing that would make it sweet. <laughs> I really wish we didn't have to face Tunisia first. But I mean, that's our first matchup. And yeah, that's what we have to go through first. So I'm just excited to see the boys go to Afghan and hopefully a victory against Bafana Bafana. Javita, thank you so much. We always end the podcast by asking our experts a quick round of quick fire questions. So I'm going to ask you some okay. questions. I'm looking for for kind of quick, quick rapid fire answers. So and some of them may, may, may be easy. Some of them may be hard. The first question up yeah. is coming into the tournament. Who is who is Namibia's best player? Peter Shalilile. Mm-hmm. Easy. <laughs> and Shalilile is the best player, but who is the youngster to watch at this tournament? Oh my gosh. Uh, Prince Shiweda, an absolute star to watch. I mean, the team has not been selected finally yet, but I promise you he will be in that lineup or he will be in that final 23-man squad. And Prince Shiweda is an absolute gem to watch. Excellent. Looking forward to it. And I need a prediction from you. How far are Namibia, how far are the Brave Warriors going to make it at this, this AFCON? Round of 16. Round of 16. I love the confidence. Okay. <laughs> and if Namibia are getting to the round of 16, who is going to win the tournament? Wow, that's a very difficult one. I, I, do you know what? I actually think Senegal can retain their, their title. Senegal. I really believe they can. Absolutely. Heavy, heavy favorites, one of the big ones. And who is going to be the top scorer at this tournament? Um, it's definitely not going to be one of the top stars. I'm trying to think who, but the big players always sort of shy yeah, away from absolutely. big stage. <laughs> but I think, um, man... I'm trying to think of a. Let, let, since I'm going with Senegal, let me say Sadio Mane. Makes sense. Makes sense. And if Senegal is going to be the 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 winner, Sadio Mane is going to be the top goal scorer. Who who is going to be the best player at the tournament? Um, best player. Probably. Hmm. Best player of the tournament. I want. I'm, I'm not thinking of who's gonna face Senegal in the in the in the. I would go with. I feel like Morocco has a good chance. I'm trying to think of. Um, what's the player's name? I feel like they have a good chance of going far. I'm trying to remember his name. He was um he was um he was in the final. He was part of the the top three um oh, finalists Hakimi. at the CAF Awards. Yes, Hakimi, mm-hmm. yes, yes. Okay, yes, Hakimi. Yes. All right, Javita, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure having you. It's been wonderful having you on the podcast. And we cannot wait to, I, I especially cannot wait to be cheering on the Brave Warriors, as they, particularly as they take on Bafana Bafana. Thanks so much for joining us, Javita. 